0: Episode 152 Welcome to Dharmic Evolution Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor Singer, songwriter, audio video artist, master storyteller, international talent agent It's the Eclipse Special, yes indeed, today all across the U.S.A. The uh, solar eclipse happening, it's a uh, once-in-a-lifetime event for many, many of us, except for the very young and very, very, very old. <laughs> and so I hope you guys caught it. I did not. I was inside working all day, but I'll be sure to catch it on the flip side with all the news coverage. Hey, um, thanks for you know being with us on this Dharmic Evolution Community Facebook page those of you who have been taking advantage and signing up on this, I think it's really cool. Um, it's just another place for you to show off your wares. Let us know about your artistry, your videos, uh, your photos, a new single, a new album, anything that's uh, kind of musical uh, that you want to you know, strut about. Put it up there on the Dharmic Evolution Community Facebook page and let us help you Uh, get it out there to the community and and others to see what's going on with that. Let us know what you're doing. We want to know. Hey, uh, heads up, also on the YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out yet, please check it out. We now do the podcast, um, and we put that out, of course, on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud, which many of you are on that right now, Uh, but also six weeks later, we put the same interview out on video on our James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. So check that out. Please go ahead and subscribe to us on there. I think you're going to really like the uh, the video content that we have up there. And also, if you know somebody who's a serious killer, singer, songwriter, a musical artist, let him know about this platform and our ability to broadcast... Um, You know them on our channel. So uh, you can just easily go to dharmakevolution.com under Guests tab and just sign up. All the information is there to fill out and become a guest on this show. Well, today we're in the big state of Texas with a natural-born writer and poet who found solace in turning to God, and she wants others to find the hope that she has found in Him so they can find healing from their hurt. Today, we're featuring songs from her new album, Back to New. It's the fine singer-songwriter from Texas, it's Amy Gallaby. You better strap up your seat belts and let's go for a ride. Are you a singer-songwriter, artist, or author? Are you in need of a platform for your career? Well, the James O'Connor Agency is in the business of helping you broadcast your global career. If you are needing to expand your presence in a big way, such as having your music and your voice heard around the world, well, look no further. We have the platforms here to help you catapult your career like no one else can. Your artistry can be featured around the world on the James O'Connor Agency YouTube channel. Here at the James O'Connor Agency, we can expand your global career by being a featured guest on Dharmic Evolution for singer-songwriters and everyone in the entertainment industry. Or the James O'Connor Show, designed for authors, speakers, and thought leaders. Both shows are international radio TV shows and podcasts. Go to the jamesoconnoragency.com and find out what we can do for your global career right now. Amy, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. We're in Texas today. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, the obvious question is, how's the heat?
1: <laughs> the E?
0: The heat. How's the, oh, heat, the heat out heat there? the heat is horrible. Is it? It's horrible
1: it? today. Um, we just had a partial sol- solar eclipse today, and it cooled down just for a moment, but now it's back to, like, lots of humidity here in Houston
0: and very hot <laughs> Wow! well yeah I know you guys have the reputation for being one of the hottest states I think you know
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <very hot. laughs> yeah so um, uh, checking out your music really really cool stuff tell us a little bit about your past how you got connected you're playing all over the place all these gigs and everything and you got new music out so how did it all connect for you how did it all get started how did your journey begin into this great wild world of music
1: uh, well, I was always a writer um, since I was a kid, and I started writing poetry in middle school, and then I got um, my first guitar in high school, and it was a Christmas gift. And um, I was dating a musician at the time. He's the one that helped me pick it out and uh, kind of taught me some chords, and then I learned... I pretty much taught myself from a book, um, and I had ri- originally gotten a guitar so I could just play you know, cover songs, right, but since right. I was a writer it became so natural for me to want to write my own songs. So it just was a natural progression of, like, right as soon as I could learn three chords, I started writing songs. And then um, I didn't perform for a long time. I was um, about 16, 15 when I started writing songs, and I didn't start performing until I was 28. So, like, I think it was just a fear of sharing my music and thinking, oh, it's not good enough. So I didn't share it for a long time. And then when I turned, I was 28 or 29, um but it was my resolution to perform before I turned 30 so I finally did it I believe I was 28 and it was my new year's resolution and I waited till December like the end of December before I did it right. um at the year of 2012 and I performed my first open mic and I got such positive feedback from it that I decided okay I need to keep doing this so um, I started performing at coffee shops around Houston. And anywhere I could pretty much perform, like wineries, coffee shops, I, I would try to get a performance in, or festivals. And then um, I went to a performance, uh, a big performance showcase in Florida, and that's where I met my first record label, Tate Music Group, and they recorded my first album. Um, I, I sent them like three demos, and they sent me a contract. So we um, recorded an eight-song album. That was my first album, called Left Unsaid. And that was a compilation of all the songs I had written throughout my 20s that I never shared with anybody. So it was really cool to finally get those out there and hear it with a full band sound. So um, so that was my first album. And I was still keeping my day job uh, throughout all of this. So I didn't really tour at all. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I was doing it all on my own. Didn't have a manager. Didn't have a booking agent. I was doing everything myself. And then um, I had another couple the the record label i'm with now i actually met them here in houston at a um a chapter of nashville songwriters association group they're based out of nashville but they have a chapter here in houston so i was um performing for we do critiques every month and i was uh, performing there for one of my songs to get critiqued and they met me there and they wanted to record me they loved my voice loved my music so they wanted to record me but I had, just signed a con- I had just released my first album, and so I didn't sign a contract with them at first. Um, but I knew I still wanted to work with them. So I waited a year, and then they moved to Nashville. And so I went up to Nashville for a songwriter's camp and met up with them. And we decided that it was time to record this next album that I just put out. Uh, this one's called Back to New. So that one was recorded in Nashville with Aaron Creative. And uh, the name of the producer was Ren Renfrey, so he's big in the folk world, and he's done some touring himself. Um, but he recorded this album; he was the producer for it. And so that's that's the story. <laughs> the tell
0: me, story. tell me, I gotta ask you about now. This, this, I want to throw this out there for people who have the fear of getting on stage. So tell us about how what was the catalyst to finally get you up there and say. I just got to do this. You know, it was, there was probably some fear going on, but what was it that finally got you up on that stage to say, I just got to do this and let's throw, throw caution to the wind.
1: I think it was the pressure. Cause I, in 2012, I had made it my resolution that I was going to perform that year. And I mean, I held it off till December, the la- very, just before new year's. And I think it was just the pressure of not wanting to be disappointed, um, when the year ended and I didn't perform at all. And so a friend went with me and I mean, he even took a picture of me. I was like sitting there chewing on my fingernails. I was so nervous, so nervous. And I I really, I just had to do it afraid. And I think it was more just the pressure and, and knowing that if I didn't do it, I would be disappointed in myself if I didn't do it and I would regret it. So I think that's what pushed me to finally do it and just face my fear because I knew I would never not be afraid. So I just had to do it afraid.
0: So it was really, it was really. Um, you were kind of like the the catalyst to say you were going to be your own worst enemy. If you if you exactly. didn't get up there, you were going to beat yourself up pretty bad for not doing it, right?
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah, that'll do it. That's that's one way to get it. Hey, let's let everybody have a little taste of what Amy's all about. This is love you back to new.
3: Trouble led you down a road of sin Now you carry the cross of shame You drown your sorrows in a bottle of gin I swear you can never be the same Oh, how I wish I could love you back to new Take away all those things you never thought you'd do it's never too late, you're not too far gone To be the man you could have been who never went wrong Oh, I wish I could love you back to new Love you back to new That woman let you in a heart of regret You can't trust again but you never could quite forget. Now you won't let me in. Oh, I wish I could love you back anew. Take away all those things you never thought
2: you'd
3: do. It's never too late. You're not too I Love you back to new. Be the man you could have been, the one I always knew.
0: love you back to new. Awesome. Um, great, great song. And we're going to talk a little bit about sync licensing in just a second, but, um, tell me about the track, uh, Amy, love you back to new. What is, what's the track all about? What does that mean? Love you back to new.
1: I was dating a guy for about a year and it was kind of a rough relationship. We were on and on and off again. And, uh, he was one of those people who had kind of a shady past And uh, he had struggled with alcohol for a while. And um, whenever we were breaking up, we had already broken up. And um, we had talked after we had broken up. And he said, one of the things he said to me was he felt like he had done too much in his past to ever be innocent again. And that if he met the right person, maybe, you know, they could love him back to new. And so that was really, after we got off the phone, I started writing that song immediately. And it was really, it wasn't the song I was expecting to write. But it was kind of like my sentiment that I felt after we got off the phone was like, I wish I could do that. I I don't have the power to do that, but I wish I could love you back to new. So that's really what the song is about is, you know, just wishing that you could like take someone's past and erase it. And it's just not that easy in relationships.
0: Right, right. Good song. I love I the uh, the instrumentation on it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking on the break for some of you folks who missed it. We're talking a little bit about indie artists and, and just uh, corralling your sound, if you will, and always trying to, you know, figure out what is my sound and how do I keep moving towards that? So you were saying about, you know, you're a little bit between sort of, you know, your country, or not country, but your kind of folk and Americana, yeah. but maybe leaning a little bit towards maybe a little bit of um, a pop side or pop, a little yeah. softer pop rock or something.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, so how does that feel when you listen to this particular record? Do you think you're like on the right track for that? Is it still a work in progress? What do you think? What do you think yeah. about it?
1: I think this is definitely an improvement for my first album. Uh, it definitely has more of the sound that I'm going for. And then, you know, It's weird because this album took a year to record and finish. And within that year, my sound starts already changing, you know, as I'm writing songs. So, you know, from the beginning of the album to the end, my sound was already starting to change. And uh, Wild was the last song that I wrote on this album. And you can tell that it's different from all the other ones. It just has different chord progressions, different vibe to it. So, I was already um, starting to change the sound, but it still it still sounds cohesive with the album. right and um, i I do really like this album and how it sounds, and I can listen to it more than I can listen to the first album because um, I'm less um, critical about it. And I think that Ren, my producer, really pushed my performance on it. So right. him pushing me made me made it sound so much better, and I like listening to it because of that reason.
0: Yeah. The steps are so important. And, um, I think as creators and artists, we don't really realize how, you know, we get to that next step until we go through the first ones. You know, it's like, you know, the earlier albums, you go back and you go, wow, what a, you know, I was sort of a, almost a greenhorn back, you know, like when I, when I started this and like, look at how much knowledge, um, you gain, especially working with other creatives and like skilled producers. And like you said, people who push you, like you would never know that you could get there without that, you know, yeah. and then you reflect on it and you go, wow, well, if that's possible, mm-hmm. what's next? You know, you always get excited for the, for the next project too. Yeah. Wineries, coffee houses, listening rooms, house concerts and festivals, local TV and radio stations. Amy plays anywhere there is a stage and an audience. Right back to my interview with Amy, right after this.
4: Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, TV star, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. By Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes cd baby amazon james kevin o'connor.com geography of the soul the beautiful cd that you need to own today by james kevin o'connor
0: sponsored by the james o'connor agency hey we were talking a little bit about sync licensing too and um i had mentioned that uh (laughs) I had April Kelly on the show, and you said you're a, you guys are connected already on Facebook. Yeah. And yeah, she's the licensing guru, sync licensing yeah. guru, yeah.
1: Yeah, she has her own group on Facebook, and I've been involved in that. So I'm excited to finally to start getting into it once, you know, all the wedding planning's done. I want to really get into that.
0: For, yeah, you know, and congratulations uh, yeah. on your getting married.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
0: very awesome. So where is the big shindig going to happen? What state?
1: It's going to be in Texas here, Um, right outside of Houston, most of my family is here, and it's at this white farmhouse, like a white barn, and barns seem to be a popular place to get married these days, and it was just my perfect dream venue, and so I'm excited for, you know, how it's going to look and how it all Come together and turn out because there's been a lot of planning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, great, great. Congratulations to you. God bless you on that. You know the um, we did like a uh, had a destination wedding in Austin. Actually, my whole family from New Jersey went out. I I think it was a year and a half ago, and uh, we just took the town by storm. It took two buses to get us from you know the hotel (laughs) way out to this like, like this farmhouse like w- out in the middle of nowhere with like hundreds or who knows maybe thousands of acres but it was so cool it was set up with you know the wooden tables outside and candles and a big old porch and the band played it was really really fun good time
1: yeah i love austin i used to live out there and it was it's really beautiful out in the hill country
0: yeah you guys know how to do it you know how to throw a party that's for sure
1: yeah <laughs> we do think bigger in texas <laughs> yeah there
0: you go hey let's listen to petty stuff and we'll talk about this one
3: All you with her, hand in hand. It's been over a year. I still can't understand what went wrong, what we never got right. Doors that closed, and stars that never aligned. Maybe the two of us were.
0: Good track. So tell us about the instrumentation. Who's playing on that track?
1: So uh, the fiddle player is Steve Thomas, and he uh, has played for Kenny Chesney, Leon Womack, uh, Brooks and Dunn, and other many famous artists. Uh, he's from Nashville. And then Dave Isaacs is the guitarist uh, as far as the um, electric guitar. And then Rand did a lot of the other. My producer, he did the rest. And wow. um, yeah, I think he, he did everything.
0: These guys get around, huh? yeah do. <laughs> <laughs> don't you love that when you have um you know people who have had measurable you know popular success and they they make time to go and uh and work with a young artist you know people who are yeah. up and coming. And uh, I just had Stuart Epps on this show from the famous English uh, producer who did Oasis and Jimmy Page and Zeppelin and Elton John and on and on and on. So he was on. And the reason I got him on the show was I've had two other artists on, you know, like yourself, indie artists who were up and coming and, and working really hard on their craft. And they had Stuart do a couple of songs for them, you know. Yeah. So I said, wow, that's awesome that you're you have this wealth of talent and you're reaching out to help other you know, other artists, aspiring artists come up. So I always yeah. love when I hear that, you know?
2: Yeah, that's really cool. Tell
0: me about your Nashville connection, Amy. How did you get going down there? Like, what was the the reason you went down? Did you know somebody in town, know somebody in Texas, or how did that all come about?
1: Uh, the first time I went to Nashville, I was going for Tom Jackson's uh, Boot Camp, which is a performance coaching boot camp for um, performing artists. And he does, oh, he he's coached, Taylor Swift and all these famous worship bands and I mean he's he's really good at what he does I think he's one of a kind in his field Um, so I originally went there for that and then uh, I started going there at least three to four times a year for um, training for like songwriting training um, performance training anything related to becoming a better performing artist and so I, I went to I joined the Nashville Songwriters Association that's up there, and um, that's I started going to the songwriting camp. And then uh, when my producers moved up there, then I really knew some more people and started going up there more often to start recording. Right. So, but originally I had just gone up sp- uh, strictly for music.
0: Now is that is that your preferred uh, place now to record, or do you do c- combination, or do you record in Texas?
1: Well, that's the um, place where I've recorded for the past year. Um, but I think since I'm going to be doing sync licensing, I'm going to have to venture out and find places that are more geared towards that
2: yeah. uh,
1: because sync licensing takes a different type of recording. And usually those places are in LA or in New York or other places. They might have some in Nashville, but Nashville's definitely more geared towards like country and commercial music. So um, I think it just depends on where I find a good um uh, for our uh, producer for for sync licensing.
0: Right. Okay, you know what? I want to play the wait. Here's Amy's video. Yep. Let's check this one out. The wait. <laughs>
3: Hiding from fear
0: That was really, really awesome. We were talking about planes and everything on the break here, and uh, how they, some of them mistreat uh, guitars. And uh, you had a misfortune there; your first guitar got trashed on a on a plane ride.
1: Yes, the guitar in that video was crushed on the plane ride home, but uh, I got a new guitar out of it, so that's good. And I can still play my my first guitar. They fixed it; they were able to fix it, and it wasn't too expensive, so that was good.
0: Yeah. Hey, tell me what's your um, what's your favorite thing to play? I mean, um, you do a lot of different things. You've done house concerts. You do. I I saw you do wineries. I think that's really cool. You know, you start off with you know maybe a couple of like mellow songs, and then you get revved up. uh, They start getting tipsy, and then you calm them down again. (laughs) What's your favorite gig to do of all things?
1: Um, I really like listening rooms, which are like um, they they're concert halls specifically made for performing. And with a lot of places like wineries and bars, uh, people don't go there to listen. They go there to hang out with their friends. And right. so you just become background noise, which I don't like. Yeah. So I really like playing the types of venues where people come to listen to the music and they hear your story and you're not being interrupted by some drunk guy. <laughs> yeah. So um, I really like those venues the best. And there's,
0: there's an actual place in Nashville called The Listening Room.
1: Oh uh, which yeah.
0: which uh I played at uh, once when I was down there my producer actually invited me to to play with a couple other artists and and you hit it on the head they do exactly that they come in and there's families that came in it was packed the place was sold out when we played because we had three different artists there but um it was mostly my producer filling the room but the cool thing was these people came to listen to music they weren't yeah. talking and jabbering up a storm they were like Mm -hmm. I want to hear these artists and what they have to offer, you know, and that's really the ultimate compliment when you go out and you feel like you're at least being honored for your craft, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. More respected as an artist.
0: Yeah. How about house concerts? Do you do those at all?
1: Um, I've only done a handful, but I really like them. The people are, they're more liable to purchase, you know, your music afterwards and they, they do listen better. And I like the acoustic setting and uh, I haven't done it as much, but I really want to get more into that because yeah. I do like that people come there to listen. So, it and I've had more <laughs> success with the, the house concerts than yeah. at any other type of venue.
0: I had a, um, a guy on recently, Jason Gambino, he's a Christian artist. And oh, he's, I know him. do you know Jason? He's, I know a, him
1: personally. Oh, do him you? the same. I mentioned that um, performance showcase. That I went to. That's where I met my Tape Music Group. Okay. Um, he did the same thing, and he recorded his album with Tape Music Group, and he's in he's in Houston. So uh, we've played at a lot of the same venues, and uh, yeah, we met there. at It's called AMTC Actors, Models, and Talent for Christ, but we we met through that and uh awesome
0: so all of these worship people are the best i say you know because uh who's my my you know proof of it whitney houston i mean she grew up singing in church of course you know but uh but that's amazing yeah jason was like when he was on he said yeah i'm going across the country i'm playing house concerts me and my dog you know we're just driving all over the place yeah (laughs) i
1: can't uh, how much he's touring it's just insane he's been
0: touring here yeah yeah he's having a ball with it he's you know the hardest part he said he's just you know out there and he's missing his wife because he's just coming the dog and it's like you know a little bit lonely on the on the evenings i'm sure yeah um, hey let's play i want to circle back to this conversation about your faith and everything too but i want to play wait my dear so let's play this one My dear. Now let's talk about the title and this song. So tell us about the backstory on this one, Amy.
1: So I wrote this, um, I was single when I wrote this, and I was single most of my 20s. I'm 33 now, just now getting married, so I waited a very long time before um, this prayer was answered. I prayed a long time for a husband. I wanted to be married, wanted to start a family, and it just felt like it was never going to happen. And I mean, I went through nights of anxiety of not being able to sleep thinking, oh, I'm going to be alone forever. And I learned that I'm not the only one that waits. Like even my friends who are married and have kids, they're waiting for other things to happen, like a house. And I just realized, you know, a lot of people um, suffered through waiting periods. And so I wrote this song really as an encouragement to people to... um, trust in God's plan because we never know what's going to happen. Like, I mean, I never thought I would be getting engaged to someone that I met in middle school. That was right. furthest on my radar was yeah. meeting someone from middle school. Yeah. So I never knew how it was going to work out. And I'm glad that it did work out the way it was and that I did surrender to God's plan instead of me trying to take it in my own hands. Cause that never works out. So um, I really wanted to encourage people that there is a plan out there and you just need to trust it, even though it doesn't make sense. Because right. my plan didn't make sense at the time. And I didn't understand why I was having to wait so long. So I wanted other people to know, okay, you know, it, it, the fears and the anxieties, they're, it's, gonna, it's not going to consume you. Just trust God throughout it all. Throughout the waiting period, just trust Him. So that's really what the song is all about.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think at times uh, we don't realize that, you know, we're being protected from our own ambitions, which which don't serve us well. Like, you know, look at, look at how many times we, we screw things up when we think we've got this mastered, you know, and (laughs)
2: definitely. Yeah. Hey,
0: tell us about, um, uh, again, production on this, like who is, who is in on this one? Is it the same cast of characters? Yes.
1: All, all the same people. Um, I believe, yes, Steve Thomas was on this one and Dave Isaacs did the guitar work and Ren did all the rest. Right. So, and I think we did hand claps on this one. Um, and I, I did the hand claps. <laughs> that was kind of fun.
0: Excellent. And how many tracks did you stack? Did you do like nine of them or just like two or three?
1: Um, I think you'll have to ask Ren about that. Yeah. I, you know, when I look on his computer, there's tons of tracks yeah. um, he's working on. And I don't know how many he got up to, but there, there was quite a lot. <laughs>
0: I'm going to guess 35. <laughs> um, let me ask you about your writing process. How do you approach music, when you're going to do a project, do you have like a regiment where you sit down and go, okay, it's time to write an album? Or do you just like have a daily practice? How does the writing thing happen for Amy Gollaby? What does she do with this?
1: It's not as routine as it needs to be. Um, usually because I was working full time during this whole process, it was really just me coming home, finding time and making time for it. And really just, um, when I, Write a song, I'm not intending to write a song. Uh, usually, I am just picking up my guitar and plucking away and practicing and just trying different things. And I, I will start hearing a chord progression, and I'll start singing a melody on top of it. And then um, once I get like the the mood of the song, then I'll start writing lyrics. And really, I, I start with gibberish first, which my mom thinks is a weird practice. Right. But I, I sing gibberish into my phone. Um, it's and cool. then it's I'll, like
0: jazz though, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. and then eventually I'll come up with lyrics that kind of go with the melody that I came up with. So it's kind of backwards to what people think songwriting is, because right. usually people think, oh, you start with the lyrics first, then you find a melody, and then you put chords to it. But I'm the complete opposite. I yeah. have to have chords first, so I can come up with a melody, and then that will help me to produce the lyrics. Right. So yeah, that's that's really how I usually write songs.
0: Isn't it Every- great that there's no rules for songwriting? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone's different. In Nashville they teach you definitely to do it the opposite way of what I did. They yeah. want you to start with the hook first and then
0: right. write the
1: song to the hook. And I just I can't do it. I I, I tried and I can't do it.
0: Good for you. Your way yeah. works for you and that's that's all yeah. that counts really. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, I remember. I had, uh, this is a long time ago, and I had some Cub Scouts with me one day, and I set up all my equipment, the keyboard, everything I brought down. And I said, we're going to write a song. And they looked at me like, what do you mean? And I said, first rule is there are no rules in songwriting. Yeah. <laughs> you just do whatever you want, you know? Yeah.
5: Really? But uh,
0: but that's that's the beauty of it, you know, just you found a way that it appeals to you this way. This is the way it works for you, and, and I think it's yeah. cool, you know?
1: And it's the do way you, that I'm doing
0: it. So. Do you – um? have a preferred instrument is it always guitar do you ever just do on piano or or just I
1: really want to learn piano um that's I felt like if I learned it at the time that I was if I if somebody had given me a piano at the same time um like during college I think I would have written a lot of songs on piano and learned it when I had more time to yeah um, now that I'm older it's it seems a little harder for me to either find the time or remember things <laughs> as well yeah. as I used to um, but I would really like to learn piano if I could find it. If I could do a second instrument, so right now everything is ba- all guitar based. Right. So, um, but now that I'm, you know, getting married, my my fiance bought a ukulele. I'm kind of wanting to learn some ukulele songs and
0: yeah, maybe on that Get and the try jam happening. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So
2: don't
0: you find that um, you know picking up a different instrument, even a different guitar. And I've experienced this so many times that I said, wow, I had this old ovation and I wrote songs on that that I would have never written on a Taylor or, or one of my other guitars. And just like, they have their own personality and own sound, you know, that comes out and the songs come out different.
1: They do. Um, my friend let me borrow his Martin when my guitar got crushed and Oh, I love the sound of the Martin. It was so deep and bassy. And I was like, wow, my songs really sound good on this. And I started writing different types of songs on his guitar that I wouldn't have written on my guitar because it sounded different.
0: It it comes out and speaks to you with a different sound. You know, it's very cool.
1: It really
0: does. It's funny. I, still, I have my son's, Martin, I <laughs> borrowed his. I said, yeah. I got this new song and I said, it's, the Taylor's a little too bright for it. And, mm-hmm. and sure enough, I, like you just described, it had a, a darker, more mellow sound yeah. to it. And I said, yeah, this is the right guitar for this song. Hey, speaking yeah. of the right song, it's time to play wild. Whoa. I could see everybody getting up on this one. Good song. Yeah. This is this is one of your up ones.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. This is one of the more different ones that I, it was the last song to write, so it ended up being different than the others. But I yeah.
0: love it. Awesome. We were talking a little bit about. Um, you know, I was going to ask you, what are you most excited about as we're getting towards the end of the interview here, uh, for this year, 2017, but I think we've already captured, I think I know what you're excited about, yeah. you know, music, you're, you're getting married, you're engaged now, uh, a, a killer wedding going to happen in Texas. So, um, so tell me about, as you look out onto the landscape of, of the rest of this year, you know, tell us, describe to us how it's all going to play out for you.
1: So right now, it seems everything is geared towards the wedding and getting that finished. I did not realize how much planning that takes. And we were only engaged for about five months. So we had to, like, most people are engaged for a year. So I, we had to, like, squish everything into a five-month period.
2: Yeah.
1: So um, the rest of this year looks mostly like that. <laughs> we are going to Germany next week um for his birthday. So we're doing oh, some traveling. Nice. And then I'm hoping to get some music in, in between those those times slots of between, you know, Germany and the wedding. And right. then, uh, I think after the wedding is when everything will be able to pick up again, where I can focus on music. Cause I won't have to work. Um, he's very, my fiance is supportive of me staying at home, working at music. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Cause I haven't been able to do that since I started, you know, doing this whole songwriting thing. I've had to support myself, um, and, um, work full time, so I could record and now I don't have to do that. So I'm really looking forward to having more time to write, to record, to do everything that I love to do.
0: I love architects. I just love them. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. That's amazing. Hey, I didn't even ask you about social media. Let's touch on that. What are your favorite jams? I I always love to ask this question because um, you know, it's been a juggernaut of technology being thrown at us for the last five years. It's, It's gotten insane. And you know, the big, the big giant behemoths are out there. We know about them, but who, where do you spend most of your time on social media?
1: That would be Facebook and Instagram. Okay, um, okay. I like the photo ness of it. Um, I like Facebook because people are more engaged on there. Um, you can have conversations with people easily on Instagram. I like posting pictures and I post a lot of videos of upcoming shows. Um, I try to use Twitter more, but I'm really not that good at it, but, yeah. uh, I- I do that a little bit. I use Twitter a little bit, um, but those are the three main ones. And then YouTube. I'm trying to get more videos up as well because right. I think a lot of people go to YouTube for new music. So trying to get that up. Um, then you have like SoundCloud, ReverbNation, and those that are more geared towards music. Yeah. Um, uh, I use ReverbNation a lot, um, yeah. more for promoting my music to my fans. So um, uh, yeah, those are the main ones that I and use. That's,
0: and that's enough, right? Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I think so. I think I'm. Yeah. I have a, on my plate
0: already. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, one of the things, I was on everything a, a long t- you know, like a year ago, a year and a half ago, and I just started ditching all this stuff. That It got crazy, layers and layers and layers. One thing I uncovered recently was um, I started to realize just in conversation, my own little study is there are people like the podcast people – love podcasts and don't always often go to youtube with you know there are some crossovers yeah. but it seems like there's two camps there's the people who love youtube and are dedicated to video and there's people who love podcasts you know yeah. so that's why i decided to put this show on um like you'll come out another week or so with with yeah. the podcast and then yeah. six weeks later will be on YouTube. So it'll be, you know, you get two shots at the plate to to, uh, market your stuff, which is great, you know. Um, But I think both of those platforms are great. I mean, I love the iTunes and SoundCloud with the podcast and then being on YouTube is awesome also, you know.
4: Um,
0: Yeah. One of the things about... you know, being with, with all this social media, have you figured a way to make it really effective and practical for you? Do you use um, some of the software programs to help or do you just po- post organically as things come up?
1: I post organically. I have tried doing what other people suggested. I do automatic. Um, I did automatic Twitter post for a while, um, but I, I wasn't very good at being regular about it. Um And then with Facebook, sometimes I'll schedule posts on Facebook, like videos. If I know I'm going to be at work and won't be able to do anything, then I'll schedule those. Um, And I haven't, I'm trying to learn Facebook ads to see how that works, because the whole algorithms on Facebook, you pretty much have to promote a post in order for people to see it nowadays. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to learn how to do that to get more of my posts out there, but I haven't figured out which posts that I need to promote yet. So, and trying to figure out, do I really want to pay for a post?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I'm trying to figure that out as far as Facebook goes, um, and Instagram, and then there's the follow for follow, uh, that I do that on Twitter. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm probably not as good on social media as other people, are about-
0: I say the same same thing, and I have people helping me too, and I'm still like like lax at it. <laughs> yeah. There's too much. There's too much stuff. I I really really just discovered the other night that I have a Pinterest account, and I'm like, Pinterest, gentlemen, don't do Pinterest. What is this? You know, get this yeah. thing over here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I got my fiance on it so we could plan our wedding on it, and he he has pinned some things, and i was yep, surprised. There you go. There you go. Oh, I yeah. got him to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, we're out of time. This was really awesome. I appreciate you coming on the show, Amy, and sharing all your music. I love what you're doing. I'm so happy for you with your engagement, your wedding coming up, and your career blossoming. So um, I just want to wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, God bless you, and thank you for being on the Dharmic Evolution.
1: Thank you. This was really fun. I loved it.
0: There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed with scripture delivered by Chaplain Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins. Behold, it's the brand new album from Mercy, titled I Am Victorious. I'm going home, back to the throne. Victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us. It's glorious. Learn to trust in his name just recorded in the Music City on the world-famous Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the album or pick up the actual CD copy of I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes and ears open for the live performance tour of Mercy coming soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Love you back to noon. Petty Stuff, The Video, The Wait, Wait, My Dear, and Wild. She faced her fear and pushed herself up on that stage in spite of her fear. Now she's writing new music, putting out albums, getting into sync licensing, and performing at live venues. A newly engaged bride-to-be and planning her wedding this coming November. Check out Amy's music and brand at amygollaby.com. I hope you guys really dug the vibe today listening to Amy, listening to her stories, her songs, her career. Uh, I had a great time and I just wish her all the best. Hey, if you have not yet had a chance, uh, head over to the JamesO'ConnorAgency.com. You've got to check this out. A lot of artists around the world are checking in and taking advantage of all the things that we are offering them. You may have also heard that we write songs for authors. Very, very true. We just wrote and produced a song for alumni distinguished professor Scott Geller from Virginia Tech University. Scott now has a flagship song that supports his brand, Actively Caring for People. We released this song last week and it's called Here to Share and Care. And I'll feature this in a coming episode so you can hear the kind of work you can expect from our agency. Hey, do you need funding for your next album project, single, video? Well, go to the JamesO'ConnorAgency.com. Let us connect you to the how to get funded concept. It's easier than you think. We also want to encourage you to visit DharmicEvolution.com. Check out your show and your blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you're now on the site. Amy's now on the site and people from around the world are logging in to see and hear all about Amy Goloby and her music. That's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you on TV. I remember
5: where I was, the first time that I heard your voice. It's time that you made that choice You're my favorite song You've been stuck in my heart For such a long, long time You're my favorite song You got a way of making me feel that you're mine You would always close the wall Right before I would bleed to death Your infectious melody Will be with me till my last deep breath But you're my favorite song You've been stuck in my heart For such a long, long time You're my favorite song You got a way of making me your mind. Oh, you know I love a double zero. Hey, baby, you're the perfect size for me. Oh, and how I love those yellow stilettos. You always know no how to annihilate me.